Good afternoon, Macaque City. You're listening to Radio Skyline, your place to keep pace with everything in town and beyond. Joining me from her own home is Myra. Hello, Myra. And today, things descend further into madness, and we'll be interviewing one of the more important figures behind some of the season's earlier protesting. You know what? Something just occurred to me. How come you always introduce me, but you never introduce yourself? You know, I never thought about it. You say, this is Radio Skyline, and this is Myra. I am Radio Skyline. Well, I'm Myra, and let's get on with it. Just to touch on the goings-on, the riots were dying down, the macaque-free zone had become politically vulnerable after a few shootings, and the place had been cleared out. The president then dispatched federal troops to the city, who began taking people away in unmarked vans, and the riots exploded again. Wasn't it Sun Tzu who said that there's no such thing as a half-measure in conflict? Yes, he said if you draw a bow, you should draw the strongest. There is no half-defeating an enemy. Well, we should have just deployed napalm. Uh, Yeah, I know, I know. What would Canada say? Well, I mean, you probably wouldn't get to see the stunned meeting that occurred immediately after they got the news. I mean, I'm not saying that napalm is the right thing to do. It's just that when you use force as your only tool, your entire myriad of options involves fully committing to force. There's no half-violently solving a problem, and it takes a very stupid man to think there would be. I'm still just thinking about what Canada would say if we deployed napalm on our own people. Would they try to stage an intervention? Well, what would you say if you were, like, the Canadian Prime Minister? I'd say, oh my god! But, you know, like, this presidency is really one that's taught me a lot about all the mechanisms in place that are normally meant to prevent a president from doing something crazy, and how none of them work. Isn't it interesting how it's all just soft persuasion? Yeah, I didn't even know the president could command federal police. How long do you suppose that's been a thing? Well, probably since about 20 years now, after the Homeland Security thing. You know, they kept saying all that stuff was a big risk to citizen rights, and, you know, none of that really hits home until you see a guy being shoved into an unmarked van by a bunch of dudes in tactical gear. You know what blows me away is seeing people out there with leap blowers and shields, because this has been going on long enough, and the people feel confident enough in what they're doing to develop countermeasures to the tear gas and the rubber bullets. Well, the good news is, the federal agents were eventually dispersed, and things have kind of started to wind down again, although they don't seem to be over. Yeah, that's that's a funny one. When there are riots about the unmarked cops sent to quell the riots, I guess you could escalate the napalm or just send the unmarked cops home. I guess we're lucky we got the latter. You know, in some ways, it's a testament to the fact that the nation is still doing okay in some regards. I mean, you know, it feels like society is struggling, but at least when there's pushback against a totalitarian response, they send the federal jackboots home. And that's an important sign that they still care what we think. Wild times. Funny times. Speaking of funny, I don't suppose you kind of look at that macaque-free zone garden? That space they dug up in the grass? Yeah, one of my brothers-in-law was posting that nonstop with comments about communism and liberals. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's all less funny. I mainly just enjoy the mentality of it. Like, you have this space, you don't know what to do with it, you don't know how long you're going to be there, and you're bored. I know, I'll plant some tomatoes. They had some bricks lined up in the end, some mulch spread around, but it was too late. You can't landscape as an afterthought. You gotta tear up and start it right from the beginning. I mean, it's not like they had plans to be there. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of not knowing how long you've got, it's time for a commercial. This is Tubby Dan of Tubby Dan's Barbecue, the Mount Everest of barbecue. And recently, some of you have been taking advantage of my delivery service, with emphasis on the taking advantage part. I came to your home to create a challenge suitable for my barbecue, but some of you have dug tiger traps in your floors and unleashed a bunch of wild animals and landscaping material to slow me down. I realize now my mistake. You are not truly climbing Mount Everest if you stay in your own houses. I have foolishly given you the home turf advantage, and with Tubby Dan's barbecue, that's in the wrong. 
So from now on, instead of delivery, we're going to do curbside pickup. Which curb? That's the question and only I have the answer. After you place your order, I will text a set of GPS coordinates. You will meet me there and navigate through whatever dangers are present. You may find me downtown. You may find me on a small island in the middle of the river. Wherever I am, if you are not prepared to go there, you are not prepared for Tubby Dan's barbecue. So pack your bags, wear a bulletproof vest, keep your wits about you, and call Tubby Dan's. I will prepare one of my legendary sandwiches. Tubby Dan's, the Mount Everest of barbecue. Tubby Dan's! And dang it, I had a plan for how I was going to screw him up and get my sandwich. He's always one step ahead, that Tubby Dan. One of my cousins tried to seduce him, but that did not go over as well as she hoped. The man's dedication to barbecue transcends mortal desire. What happened? She wound up on a tightrope fighting a black bear with one of those gladiator batons. The bear was scared, but he had a huge weight advantage and couldn't go backwards. Ah, dang. Man, my plan didn't account for a bear. Did your plan account for a gladiator battle on a tightrope? Well, I had some plans that were like that. I could have worked around it. But joining us remotely today, we have someone who would like to be said you can't work around. Clyde Cleverman. Clyde Cleverman. He is the leader of I'm the, in charge of my organization! The Cake Before Dinner Coalition, whose sole ambition it's is It's a to, pleasure to be on your show! Clyde, why don't you tell us what your ambition is? To save America! Alright, good interview. You can't end my interview! This is, this is a blatant Clyde, attack Clyde, on, on my- Clyde, Clyde, can you tell us in detail what it is you're trying to do? I'm trying to do an interview, you complete mongoloid! It's your radio show! <laughs> how, how dare- well, all right, look, just tell us what the Coalition of Cake Before Dinner does, Clyde. Oh, yeah. Cake is not just a dessert. It comes in many forms, and sometimes contains carrots, cream cheese, blueberries, or pineapples. Sometimes it's even upside down. And it's only fitting to eat an upside-down cake in the backwards order of Cake Before Dinner. There is a certain kind of inviolable logic on that one. Yeah, I read your website, and I saw that that was listed. Actually, your website was home to an FAQ listing rebuttals to your opponents, and you had to click on a link to get to the arguments that you made originally, and then most of your arguments were just Twitter screen caps of unaffiliated people saying positive things about eating cake before dinner. Yet, they were all weirdly controversial takes, like that certain political or religious groups were stopping you from eating cake somehow. That checks out. That sounds like us. Well, I gotta say, it all looked really mean-spirited. Yeah, it's been an extremely successful Twitter campaign. Okay, well, let's talk about your involvement with the anti-lockdown protests. Your organization gave $5 million to those protest groups here in Macaque. Yeah, we took out a loan for that. Took out a $5 million loan to give to another organization? Yeah, we needed to do something more controversial for the Twitter campaign. And we're going to vote on whether or not we should have done that next week. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like our nation's politics today. Well, thanks for your time, Clyde. Best of luck with the loan. You have best of luck with your loan! Are you mad? Are you not ready to end it? Like, what else do you have to add? We've got a little bit of time before the next commercial. Uh... All right, send us an angry letter. We're going to commercial! Yo! This is Slick Sam, and although my calligraphy and literacy business hasn't been booming because apparently everyone still knew language after the apocalypse, it turns out you've all learned to deal with the permanent threat of plague through package delivery. 
It seems that most go through a service called Amazon, which I don't trust because in my people's time, a company by that same name was dangerously powerful. And it would be unlucky to trust a new service of the same moniker. That's why I've got a double whammy of good news. First, that I'm opening up for package delivery, and second, that I'm hiring my very own package delivery guy. That's right, at Slick Sam's, we've got newts, cinder blocks, fences, and the sprung remnants of a tiger trap. But not only that, we've also got a job opening, and soon afterward, a means to get those things to your door. As a limited time offer, if you come down before next Thursday, I'm offering a full-time position in the address of a back alley doctor who will treat you for a fourth of the cost. Don't wait! If that's not good enough, my employees get discounts on all in-store items and can deliver to their own homes for free. And so long as you're clean of disease, I'll even let you sleep on the inflatable mattress in the break room. Has it been a while since you bathed? No problem! I've had a standing shower slash kitchen sink installed in the business since I owned the place. I always knew I'd need it. But what's that you say? What if I just want some amazing deals without being employed at your store? No problem. My entire selection can be found on our new website, which I programmed myself. Once again, that's Slick Sam's. Online, on the road, and always open. Slick Sam's! Slick Sam's. It's good he's catching back up to society. But will society ever truly catch up to him? At this rate, I really begin to wonder. Hey, circling all the way back to what would Canada say, did you know that there's people in the southern parts of Canada that have dual citizenship, and some of them have U.S. license plates? Reportedly, Canadians are terrified of those people and have been vandalizing their property and telling them to go home. Oh, they always say that the Canadians are so polite. Shame, I would have rather heard they were leaving nice notes in a gift basket asking people to get the hell out of town. No, apparently stereotypes are not magic. Canadians are capable of being mean and slightly irrational, and anyone with an American license plate is being encouraged to walk or ride their bike because their car will not be safe in Canadian parking lots. Maybe I'm wrong to blame the Canadians. I guess it's though we're not really fostering a good reputation abroad. Well, Canada should build a wall and then make America pay for it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and then Mexico will build a wall and they'll pay us for that. And Guatemala can build a wall between them and Mexico. Guatemala will pay for it. We'll just go down the chain until we get all the way down to Chile and Argentina, who can fight a war over who's the most southern country. It'll be the first war where the winner gives up land to the loser as an intended result. Well, there's a lot of wall to build. I don't know if you've seen the map, but those countries are huge. The winner's going to save a fortune. You know what? I miss when the weird part of politics was the bizarre, ineffectual way they would compromise on everything and never achieve what you wanted. I kind of hate this new era where everything is just totally stupid, and the objective is to spin it to make it sound less stupid. I want to be honest, a lot of our problems lately, they feel very, very stupid. Well, I'd like to say that things have always been stupid, but yes, it is a slightly different kind of stupid than it used to be. Like, probably a lot of things need to change, but it seems like everything has become about justifying moves after they've been made, and then having it so the right and left hands are not merely unaware of each other, but actively trying to set back what the other is doing. And I don't mean right and left politically, I mean, like, the leadership is so bad that everything is breaking into small pieces and completely losing coherence. You know, you... I've been talking to my family about this, and everyone is in an angry place. No one is happy, no one is benefiting. Maybe what we ought to do is like a sticker system, where every time a congressman or a senator does something that we like as the public, then they get a gold star. And if they get enough gold stars, then they're allowed to invest in stocks some more or something. What, like potty training? Yes, I mean, that way we won't have quite as many accidents. You know, that's a, that's a, that's certainly a plan, all right. That's, that's nothing that I really want to discuss. Well, you're lucky, because we don't have time to discuss it. It's time to wrap up our show. You've been listening to Radio Skyline. Shoot for the skies. 